0: My name is Whitney Wiseman. I'm not Pastor Mac, if this is your first time here. Pastor Mac is preaching um, at Central Church in Las Vegas, Nevada at Pastor Judd and Lori Wilhite's church. We had Pastor Judd with us several weeks ago, um, and now their church family has the privilege of hearing from our pastor, and I have the privilege of being here with our church family this morning. If I haven't met you, My name is Whitney, and I have been on staff here at Lake Hills Church for 10 years, and um, love being in Austin, moved here to go to seminary and started working at Lake Hills Church almost immediately, and um, just, it's just fun. You guys are just the best. Um, I am married to that very cute keyboard player that you just saw up here, and we have a really wonderful almost two-year-old which is crazy. Time really does fly when you're having fun, and he is the most fun person that I know. And I am just really honored and so grateful that you have chosen to worship here with us this morning. So let's pray as we get started. God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together to worship your name, to dig into your word, and to learn from all that you have for us. God, just ask that you would speak to us this morning, and we ask all of these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, because we're kind of like subtle about it, but we really love Christmas at Lake Hills Church. We really love Christmas. But what's not to love? There are the lights and carols and cookies and all sorts of fun things. But what is so baked into this season, what is so embedded in the Christmas experience, is anticipation. I have to say that that is maybe my favorite part of the Christmas season. Certainly, Christmas is a day on the calendar. Thank you, Google, for the reminder. But really, why limit yourself to just one day? I've heard it said once or twice around here that there is no such thing as too much or too soon when it comes to celebrating Christmas. So, the more the merrier, right? And if you think about it, most of the fun stuff happens before Christmas Day anyway. There's the putting up the tree, hanging the lights, picking out presents for people that we love, traveling to visit, family. But really, we have a time of anticipation and preparation to welcome the Son of God into our very midst. Last week, Pastor Mac began a two-week sermon series on this season of anticipation and preparation called Advent. Last week, we got our Advent on, so turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, get your Advent on. This week, we're going to continue that series and we are about to get our Advent going. So, if you're ready, and only if you're ready, Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let's go. All right, you sound ready, so let's go. Advent is traditionally the four weeks before Christmas, um, started by early church fathers around the 4th and 5th century. And it looks different in different traditions, in different denominations, in different churches and homes around the world. But across the board, it is a time of anticipation, a time of preparation to celebrate God with us. At Christmas, you see, Advent is uh, derived from the Latin term, meaning coming. The coming of Christ at Christmas, the coming of Jesus into our hearts daily, and um, and the coming, the second coming of Christ when Christ returns one day. Advent gives us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing of the long-awaited Messiah that God's people waited and waited and waited for, as Pastor Mac preached about last week. And it also gives us the opportunity to prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, and prepare this world for the good news about Jesus that began on Christmas morning. The season of Advent is all about living expectantly. It's about anticipation, preparation, and participation in what God is doing. We anticipate the joy of Christmas and welcoming the savior into our midst. We welcome the promises of Christmas that Luke describes in chapter two, joy to the world, peace on earth, and goodwill towards all people. All while we continue to live expectantly and pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, we know that the holiday seasons are not always a joyous occasion for everyone, and that waiting is not always all fun and games. Let's, let's take road trips, for example. Is anybody taking a road trip this Christmas? A few of you. Road trips, I mean, there are, like, some fun parts, the snacks and the Slurpees and the stops along the way to see the world's biggest ball of yarn or the thing. Has anybody been to the thing? If you've driven from Austin to California, then you know about the thing. But really, road trips just boil down to lots and lots of waiting. And then, usually more waiting. Is anybody? Did anybody grow up taking road trips, like, as children? Has anybody traveled recently, taking a road trip with, with children? So we're all probably very familiar with the token phrases that come along with traveling long distances with children. Are we there yet? How much longer? When are we going to be there already? Oh, the joys of traveling, and oh, the joys of waiting, right? Early on in our marriage, my husband and I planned a vacation to take a really epic road trip. We were going to be traveling around Iceland. We would land in Reykjavik in the south and visit our friend Svavar, and then we would take the appropriately named Ring Road all the way around the island just to take in the sights, the beautiful countryside, and um, yeah, we made all of these plans for this really epic road trip. Well, while we were with Svavar, he mentioned to us that he had plans to visit his family cabin up in the north. And if we wanted to, we could tag along for that leg of the trip with him. We thought traveling with a local sounds awesome. So we loaded up into our tiny, very European, red Volkswagen Golf, and we went on our way. Now, Svavar is full of life and full of excitement, and he pointed out things along the way and gave us a history of Iceland, and he told us that he was really pumped to be taking this trip with us because we were there at the perfect time. The route that he had selected was only open during the summer months. During the winter months, there was too much snow and ice to pass by. So, this is perfect timing for us to take this trip. Interesting, we thought. He said, this trip is going to actually, the route that I've selected is going to save us a lot of time. Well, Practical and appreciated. He mentioned that we would see lots of different landscapes, highland deserts, we'd pass between two glaciers. I thought, well, that sounds exciting. And then he told us he was particularly excited because he had never driven this route before, <laughs> which should have been a red flag, but it wasn't. Neither were all of the all-terrain vehicles that passed us both ways as we traveled along. We were just along for the ride. and Svavar was a great tour guide until we hit a bump in the road. And "Road is maybe too generous of a term. It's more of like a rocky path. So we had a flat tire. But no problem, I am traveling with two touring musicians, and if there's anything that these guys know how to do fast, it's change a flat tire. So that problem was solved in no time, and we were back on our journey from the south to the north, until 30 minutes later, we blew a second tire on this path. Um, and. Not surprisingly, there was not room for a spare spare in that tiny red Volkswagen, which left us stranded, literally in the middle of an island, in the middle of nowhere, in a rather inhospitable climate. Between two glaciers, I had one half of a bottle of water, no blankets, spotty cell service. We had lots of time to wait, and wait, and wait some more. I had bought these postcards that I thought were really funny in Reykjavik before we left that said greetings from the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Little did I know how appropriate and ironic they would be as I spent some of that time waiting, writing SOS messages and tell my mom I love her in case we don't make it out. Um, and we, we just, we just waited. And the how, the where? The when are we going to get there of this trip, that happens on every road trip, turned into a how are we going to get there. Well, the how ended up being Svavar's very gracious, very generous father-in-law named Ulfar, which, by the way, translates roughly into English as Wolfman. So, if you're having a kid in 2020, add that to your name list because Cool wolfman came to the rescue and went way, way, way out of his way, taking many hours to drive to the middle of nowhere to bring us a spare tire so that we could continue on this really epic road trip. So we were not prepared for the turns that this trip would take, which left us waiting and waiting and waiting, but not in the fun, anticipatory kind of way in the bored, worried, helpless sort of way. A lot of times we use waiting and anticipating synonymously, but really they are quite different. Let's take waiting. Waiting is something that happens to you. Waiting puts you in a passive position, and there's not a lot that you can do about waiting. Think about things that you wait for. You wait for water to boil, wait for children to put their shoes on, wait for stoplights to change, and we wait in line at the DMV, Lord help us, and there's nothing that we can do to urge any of these things along. Just wait and wait, hopelessly. But anticipation, anticipation on the other hand is all about hope, and hope is active, Hope is an optimistic state of mind. Hope is a growth mindset. Hope is the power of yet for all of our fearless moms out there. Hope is an active resistance to the broken realities of this world and a confidence that things can, should, and will not only be different, but better. This season of Advent, season of anticipation, preparation, and participation is all about hope. Now, naysayers may ask, why even bother? If you take a look around, what has really changed? I mean, people have been celebrating Christmas, God with us, for over 2,000 years. People have been praying that same prayer for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God to come on earth as it is in heaven, since Jesus prayed that very prayer himself. And what difference has it really made? Now, these naysayers are not entirely wrong, Because when we look around, there is indeed much to be grieved over. There are injustices to be angered by, conflict and loss to endure, sadness and darkness to walk through. If we let go of hope, we could possibly save ourselves a little bit of time, a little bit of energy, and maybe even a lot of disappointment. I mean, if Christ came to bring joy to the world and peace on earth, what is the holdup? Why are we waiting? When are we going to be there already? Well, 2 Peter 2.9 tells us this, that the Lord is not really being slow about his promises, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. You see, God is working, and God is waiting, and God is already making all things right and making a way for us to be in a relationship with our creator. And that is why we keep hoping. That is why we keep anticipating. We keep participating. And we keep preparing for the work that God has in store for us. Christmas reminds us that Emmanuel, God is with us now. There is injustice all around, but God is here and God is just and God is making all things right. We wrestle with death, but God has come to give us new and eternal life. We walk through seasons of sadness, but God is with us and is faithful to stay with us. God knows our pain and gives us victory and a song of praise in the end. There are times of darkness, but God sent Jesus to be the light of the world. We could lose hope, but God has called us to something different, something better. See, Jesus offers us life and life to the full, so we show up for people who are grieving. We continue to work and fight for justice. We work to establish peace, we worship, we pray, and we pause because when we stop and we look around, we see that people are indeed being helped and healed and redeemed by the good news of Jesus Christ that began on Christmas morning. And it is in that way that hope reaches into every aspect of our lives. But practically speaking, what does that look like? What do we do during seasons of Advent, seasons of waiting. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we are going to turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 16, right after the angels have made a grand pronouncement to some unsuspecting shepherds in a dark field outside of a tiny town of Bethlehem and told them that the long-awaited Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, has finally arrived, and he's a baby, And they can find him in a stable lying in a manger. Hearing this news, the shepherds did the following, starting in verse 16. They hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. During seasons of Advent, seasons of waiting, of anticipating, of preparing and participating, it would be wise to follow the examples of the shepherds who worshiped while they waited. I'll have to be honest, a moment of transparency, but worshiping while I wait is not always my first go-to. Worrying, likely. Complaining, probably. Waiting and staring at my watch, counting down the minutes till what I'm waiting for actually happens, definitely. But worship, not always my number one go-to. It was, however, Mary's immediate response in Luke chapter one after the angel Gabriel had told her that she would give birth to the Son of God. She responds this way. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. In the same way, the shepherds immediately respond by worshiping. They hear the news from the angels. They see the baby. And then they go back to their fields And their flocks, and the Bible tells us, they give glory and praise to God. They worshiped while they waited. Now, when we worship, we recognize who God is and who we are in relation. And that prepares us to participate in what God has in store for us and for this world. But sometimes when it's hard for worship to be our first response, we can look back on God's faithfulness Remember how God has worked in the past, which helps us look forward with joy and with hope and with praise. So, like the shepherds, we worship while we wait. The second thing that we do during seasons of Advent is we work while we wait. Now, in life, things don't usually just happen with a snap of a finger. They take work. They take preparation. And things take effort. Let's think about... Baking, building, and babies, for example. When you're baking, you have to gather the supplies, precisely measure all of the ingredients, carefully follow the recipe card, and then comes the really serious work of patiently waiting while whatever you've prepared bakes in the oven. I don't know about you, but patience takes a serious effort on my part, especially when there are baked goods involved. And then building. I happen to be an expert builder because I just put together an IKEA bookshelf. So I know that building takes supplies and tools and blueprints and then maybe the number of a good handyman when somehow you have 12 extra screws after everything is finished. And then there's babies. Don't worry, we're not going to talk about the birds and the bees here. What people often talk about is how much work babies are after they get here. There are diapers to change, bottles to wash, mountains of laundry to do sleepless nights. But what people talk less about is how much work there is to do before they arrive. Our family is currently experiencing this as we are anticipating the arrival of our second child next year. And so we know... (laughs) We know that there is a lot of work to do while we wait. There are cribs to put together, car seats to install, diapers to buy, names to pick out. And you're never really ready for the birth of a baby. But being as prepared as possible, having as much work done as possible, gives me a sense of peace and confidence. So we work while we wait. You see, Second Peter told us that God is already at work in the world working to bring the promises of Christmas to fruition, peace on earth and joy to the world that began with the incarnation of Jesus. So we work while we wait for that fulfillment. And we follow the example of the shepherds who told everyone what they had seen and heard. They dished the scoop about the angels and the baby and the manger. And the Bible tells us that everyone who heard was astonished. They were shocked. The Christmas story is shocking. The fact that the creator of the universe came into this world, born as a tiny baby in a stable and placed in a manger of all places is shocking. Jesus led an astonishing life, a perfect life, and then he died and he rose again on a cross so that we could be in a relationship with our creator. And that fact is shocking, that is astonishing. Life in a relationship with God is astonishing because it looks like hope, which is shocking. It looks like forgiveness, which is astonishing. It looks like generosity, shocking, mercy, shocking. Life with God is shocking. See, we have the opportunity to work while we wait this very week. All it takes is a little invite card, like this one, and a lot of love to invite someone to hear the shocking, astonishing news of Jesus Christ. Our goal is to send out 15,000 invites into our community to share with neighbors, teachers, people we know and love, total strangers, especially if you're on Team Blitzen, all so people can know the astonishing news of Jesus Christ that began on Christmas morning. So, we work while we wait. Finally, a season of Advent requires us to walk in faith while we wait. See, the shepherds did not know the full story. They knew, that the angels had told them that this baby had arrived, but they had no idea how this baby would grow up to save the world. But they walked in faith while they waited. They worshiped and they worked and they continued to worship and work and walk in faith all while they waited. I wanna talk about a walk of faith, the story of the wise men? No, no personal family connection there. Um, it's recorded in Matthew, and it, Matthew tells us that They saw a star from the east, and then they walked to worship the king of the Jews. They didn't have all of the information. They didn't even have the angels delivering a message. They just saw a star, and they walked in faith. The Bible tells us from the direction of the rising sun to worship the king of kings and the lord of lords. They walked in faith while they waited. Theologian John Calvin defines faith as a firm and certain knowledge of God's benevolence towards us, founded on the freely given promise of Jesus Christ that is both revealed to our minds and sealed upon our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I think about Mary during her time of expectancy, and then as she watched Jesus grow up, the Bible tells us that she hid these things in her heart, and she thought about them often which, first of all, sounds like a mindful minute to me, also looks like Mary walking in faith while she waited. So we don't always know how God is going to work things out. We don't know how there could possibly be peace in this particular situation or where we could possibly find joy in the midst of sorrow. But we continue to walk in faith while we wait because that is what life to the full looks like that is what god intended for us so in the midst of seasons of advent seasons of waiting of anticipation we continue to walk by faith though it may be characterized by doubt and frustration we walk and we walk and we walk in faith while we wait my prayer for us this morning is that those of us who already know that hope would continue to anticipate, we continue to live expectantly and would worship while we wait and work while we wait and walk in faith while we wait. And then we see God far exceed all of our expectations as the community of Christ rose one life at a time, as the kingdom of heaven unfolds all around us and as people's, are li- people's lives are changed by the good news of Jesus Christ that began on Christmas morning. You see, the world is asking us every day, how much longer, when are we going to be there? Are we there yet? And at Christmas, we are reminded that the answer is now. Emmanuel, God is with us now. Jesus saves us now, hope is restored now, lives are redeemed now, new life begins now. And in each moment when we choose to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. You see, Christ was born to unite heaven and earth so that sin and death would no longer be our end. What started with a new life in a manger led to death and resurrection so that we could experience new life in Christ. Today, we have the opportunity to choose that new life, that abundant life, life to the full by stepping into a relationship with a God who loves us so much that he sent his only son, The reason that we celebrate Christmas, that whoever believes in him would not die but would have eternal life. Life that starts now and spills out beyond anything we could hope or imagine. Life that starts the second that you choose to say yes and step into that relationship with him. That is the reason that Jesus came in the first place. That is why we celebrate Christmas and that was God's plan all along. So I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me this morning And while all of our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want us to really consider the impact of Christmas. The fact that Jesus, the Son of God, came into this world and then died and rose again to forgive us of our sins and anything that could separate us from God so that we would no longer be separated and that we could live in relationship with him. And as we consider that fact, I want us to also consider the invitation that is accompanied by that fact. The invitation to step into a relationship with God and make Jesus the Lord of our lives. And if we have not yet done that, if you've not responded to that fact and invitation, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that right now. You can pray this prayer silently right where you are sitting. A prayer of new beginning and expectant hope in this season of Advent prayer that sounds something like this dear Jesus I need you I choose to believe that you died and you rose again for me that you offer new life abundant life now and forever I choose to accept the gift of grace and forgiveness and I follow you with all that I have God we thank you for Christmas and we thank you for hope We thank you for new life and a relationship with you. With everyone's head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, you just made the best decision, the most astonishing decision of your life. And Since this is a new beginning for you, we want to ask you to do a couple of things. First, if you would let us know that you made this decision by filling out the connect card that you received when you walked in. Under the the section where you can write your personal contact down, there is a box that says, I committed my life to Christ today. If you would fill out the top part of that card, mark that box and hand that to someone, one of our ushers in a blue shirt or take it out to the hub as you leave today, and that initiates a conversation about what your next steps are and how we can walk alongside of you and celebrate with you. A conversation that moves at a pace that you are comfortable with, but we want to do this new life together. We also wanna ask that if you prayed that prayer this morning, if you would raise your hand right where you are, marking this moment, as the most astonishing moment of your life, stamping this moment in time. And as a church, we wanna celebrate that. We wanna honor you and we wanna walk alongside of you. And we have a tradition around here that as you put your hands down, we put our hands together and we tell you, welcome home.